0: Perfectly Perfect Live. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I'm Trainee Sharp. I am your host for this evening. It's a pleasure to be back before you yet another week. I'm glad to see that there are people that are watching and people that are also listening this evening for Imperfectly Perfect Live. I thank God for everything he's been doing through this platform over the past almost three years. I'm so grateful for that. And just for you guys, just sticking it um, out with me. And I pray that you've been moved. I pray that you've been blessed by um, everything that this uh, platform and this organization has uh, brought forth and that the Word of God that um, the Word of God been so profound and trust me I've been learning such a whole lot uh, just by teaching and you know a lot of times with teachers God teaches us first so that we can um, be good illustrators of his word so I definitely I definitely learn a lot um, when God uh, gives me a word to bring forth with you guys Um, Over the past month, we have been doing the unqualified series, the unqualified series. And hello, Keisha. Hi, Mark. We've been doing the unqualified series. And uh, there's been a few things that uh, God has shared with me over these past uh, month. That is my first series The first series that we've done on on Imperfectly Perfect Live And God has been moving mightily And I'm like okay God I don't know when This series is going to be over But hey we rocking this thing out And I thank you for rocking it out with me Um, Last week we talked about Obedience versus sacrifice It was part two Part two of um, Obedience versus sacrifice And last week we talked about the importance uh, in order to be required in order to be obedient to God what is required of us in order to be obedient of God what is required of us in three things we covered last week we said it requires us to be patient patience is key when it comes to being obedient to God because listen God is going to take his time it doesn't matter Hi, Elder Carolyn. Hi, David. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Listen, God moves on his time. and He's not persuaded by how many times we pray. If he doesn't think that we're ready to receive it, if he doesn't think that we're ready to move forward, and if everything is not in order, God is not going to move just because we say, okay, God, I'm I'm ready to happen now. No, he moves at his appointed time. So you have to be patient. You have to be patient when it comes to being obedient to God. Um, number two was resilience resilience and when it comes to be resilient it means that you have to be strong you have to be able to bounce back you have to be able to bounce back when circumstances arise you have to be able to um, bounce back Um, and then number three was temperance temperance is a tricky one because with temperance, that means you have to control your tongue. With temperance, that means you have to control how do you react when when you've been waiting for a long time, and and there's gonna be time where you're gonna feel um impatient. And but even when you feel have a sense of being impatient, you have to watch um your complaining. You have to watch uh, whether or not you are trying to come against God because you're not getting what you want and watch your temper tantrums because temperance means that you have to have self control, you have to have self control. So those are the things that we covered um, last week with unqualified series, the obedience versus sacrifice portion. Um, so make sure if you didn't see uh, or listen to last week's podcast, make sure that you go to I Am in perfectly Perfect Incorporated's Facebook page. You're able to see last week's podcast and other ones that you may want to check out. And also um, we do have... Um, new platform and we're able to listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Radio Public. So any of those platforms that you're interested in listening to that is available to you. And last week's podcast is on there um, as well. So let's say a word of prayer and get right into tonight's podcast for this evening. Dear Heavenly father god i just thank you i thank you father god for your presence thank you father god for being with us god for saturating the homes of the people god that are watching holy spirit i ask that you truly have your way father however you choose to move father god i know god that i have notes here father god but i give you full control god i give you full that god and utter, utter control that father god however you sense that your people whatever your people may need father god may you move through me holy spirit i thank you god for using me god i count it a privilege and i honor that you chose to use me god for such a time as this god and such a platform as this father may your people god be um, blessed god may your people god be changed May your people father god be healed delivered saved and may they rededicate their their lives back to you father i thank you father god and i thank you that you would get all the glory all the honor and all the praise in jesus name amen All right, guys, thank you for those that um, have just turned on Facebook Live and on Instagram and are listening on our podcast platform. We are talking about this. um, We're continuing the Unqualified series. And tonight we're talking about the fear of change, the fear of change. And this is something that can cause us to feel like we're unqualified. And just to um, do a quick review uh, of what unqualified means. It means not having the skills or knowledge needed to do a task, not having the skills or knowledge needed to do a task or in simpler firm uh, form. It means not fit to be simple. It means to be not fit. And what we also learned throughout the series is that there is nothing. There is nothing that we can do that will unqualify us by God nothing in our past nothing um that we could have said nothing we have done um it, there's nothing there are so many people that is in the word of god that has passed that that has imperfections that have flaws and god still um still use them in such a mighty way and that is what we have been learning in this series is that god will use us and there's nothing that we can that can unqualify us but what i love about last week is that we learned that it, There are some things that we can do That can disqualify us When we are we, we are not obedient to God That can and if it continues Over time that can disqualify Us meaning that our Position can be taken away from us It's a difference there's nothing That we can do that can unqualify Us for the position but it's Plenty that we can do that can disqualify Us and obedience is The main thing and that's what we learned um, last week So continue on with the series tonight We're talking about fear of change Fear of change And we're going to break down the um, two words Fear and change First starting with fear Fear means be afraid of someone or something As likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening When you have a fear, fear, that means you are afraid of someone or something As likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening What does change mean? It means to make radically different Or in other words, transform Transform, that means that you make a complete transformation that That you are turned, your personality, your identity is turned completely around so if you have a fear of that, that means you have a fear of your identity being changed. That means that you, you feel like um, your, um, your identity or character is being threatened. But if you're doing it for God, <laughs> that means it's for the better. It means that it's for the better. Now, if you're changing for bad, that's something completely different. But the thing is, when you're changing for bad, that's pleasing to our flesh. So that's not going to be fearful for us. That's not going to be dangerous to our flesh because our flesh loves doing bad things. Our flesh loves doing evil. But anything that goes against our flesh, yeah, it's gonna be it's coming against it. It's like a tug and a pull. It's a tug of war to do what's righteous. There's a tug of war to do what God has called us to do. So, yeah, a lot of people walk in the fear of it because they're just like, man, this is requiring too much. We feel unqualified because we are unf- afraid to change. Change requires us to leave everything that is not like God. And five but let me say it again excuse me change requires us to leave everything that is not like god behind and follow jesus hi mama t again change requires us to leave everything that is not like god behind and follow jesus so when god shared that with me i was like no wonder We can be fearful of change because how many of us has been holding on to friends, has been holding on to relationships, have been holding on to bad habits, have been holding on to a location? You don't want to move out of your neighborhood because you're afraid to to move forward. You're afraid of, of the unknown. Fear of change. That can definitely make you feel unqualified because. Again, unqualified means not having the skills or knowledge needed to do a task. And if you feel like you're unfit, you feel when you are in your comfort zone and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. And when you are in your comfort zone, you feel like you belong. You feel like you belong. You feel like it's familiar to you. So of course it's not going to be fearful because it's like, oh, okay, I can do it with my eyes closed. Child, yes, it's fear of change That's what we're talking about tonight And it's three things that God And it could be more, but these are three things That God wanted me to point out When it comes to the fear of change Why do we fear change? Number one It's unfamiliar We fear change Because it is Unfamiliar it's just like the fear, and I can definitely assess this, the fear of the unknown. The fear of not knowing where this journey is taking me. The fear of not knowing, okay, God, you told me to that, okay, a new job is coming, but I don't know where this is taking me. You told me to move to a new location, but I don't know what's coming of this. This is taking me out of my hometown. I don't know the people that, that I'm going to meet. I don't know where you're taking me. The fear of change. Why? Because it is unfamiliar to us. It is unfamiliar. Number two, why do we fear change? Because it's risky. This one is a big one for me. It's risky. When God is requiring change in your life, it's risky. He might require you to quit a job. He might require you to take a leap of faith that you was not even prepared for. And you're saying, listen, I need you to trust me. I need you to rely on me. And it's gonna require you to to depend on God. It's gonna require you to to, to depend on God. And as we get into some examples of some people um, that has, that God changed, you're gonna see that it's gonna require you to take a risk. Why? Because God is unpredictable. He's unpredictable, and that's the problem with us as human beings. We like even though, you know, I I used to say before that um that I liked being unpredictable. I liked being unpredictable, but I listen, not knowing what's going to happen was fear, was was scary to me. It was scary to me. It's and let's be honest, it's still scary to me. That's to be like keep it 100 It's still scary to me to The fear of taking risk But the difference is It's trusting God Trusting that whatever God is leading me to do Whatever God is leading you to do That God okay I know this doesn't make sense Trust me Nothing that God does Is going to make sense to your natural mind Nothing that God does in your life Is going to make sense to your natural mind Why? Because God likes to keep us on our toes. If we could figure, and this is as I was studying, I was like, wow, God, if we could figure out God, if we can. okay, say, for instance, God may provide for you a certain way and it might come monetary. And then when you ask God for something, you are automatically expecting God to move in that same way. But God may in turn use somebody else. He may in turn not come monetary. He may come in terms of resources. And God is saying, no, I'm not going to keep coming the same way. Why? Because no, then you're going to try to figure me out. And then you're going to act like you can do it on your own terms. And then act like you can do it without me. God wants us to be completely dependent on him. That's why there's not going to be, listen, God doesn't do things the same. He doesn't do things the same. He might heal somebody one way. He might heal somebody else a different way. We cannot figure out God. So it's a risk. It's risky. That's why we why that's why we fear change. Number three. Why do we fear change? Why? Because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. God requires for us to get our, out of our comfort zone. I remember starting um, Imperfectly Perfect and I was like, wow. I mean, and I know a lot of people that have been following this platform know about my testimony, but I remember in, uh, back in 2017 and God was just transforming me. He was changing me. He was causing me to get away from the things that were familiar to me. Causing me to get away from the things that were comfortable to me. Causing those things that that were maybe not a risk for me. To separate myself from those things, and after I I made that decision and trusted God and took that leap of faith, and I said you know what, God, it's me and you. We rocking out in this thing. You taking, you ordering my steps, and I'm rocking out with you to the end. I made that decision, and when I made the decision, and and He saw that I was truly for real, for real, and I was ready to to um to go along this journey with Him. He said, all right. Now I want you to start this organization called Imperfectly Perfect, and I was like, "What? Are you kidding me right now? Like I'm just getting right with you, Lord. Like I I just quit drinking, I just stopped having sex. Like with that, no, I'm not unmarried, and though I'm not married, like I just let go a lot of my friends." And you want me to start an organization Called Imperfectly Perfect I don't even know what this means I don't know what that means And he was just like I use you in spite of your imperfections And I want you to teach others That I would do the same for them That it doesn't matter What you have done in your past It doesn't matter what you have um, What you have said It doesn't matter uh, of the upbringing That you came from I will use you with your imperfections and all. And that was he told me to start that organization 2 months after I made the radical change. Would you talk about change to be make to make radically different. 2 months after I made the radical change. God said start this organization. So yeah, it was it's, it was unfamiliar to me. It was risky uncomfortable it's still all three of those things but every everything that god leads me to do concerning this organization i trust him everything that i do i i pride myself in being led by the holy spirit i pride myself in being led by the holy spirit why because to be honest i literally got this message what last night so If I, if I'm not led by the Holy Spirit, I will fall and I will look foolish because I, I don't know what God wants me to talk about. I don't know what God's people need to hear unless I seek the Holy Spirit first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. So, we have to make sure we seek God in order to take this risk because He, again, wants us to be dependent on Him. He wants us to be dependent on Him. So, again, why do we fear change? Number one, it's unfamiliar. Number two, it's risky. And number three, it's uncomfortable. God is not worried about what we did in our past God sent his only begotten son Jesus To change us and make us right again To make us right again Let's go to John chapter 3 John chapter 3 verse 16 through 18 And I'm reading from the Message Bible John 3 verse 16-18 through 18, Reading from the message bible And it says This is how much God loved the world He gave his son His one and only son And this is why So that no one need be destroyed My God He sent the son so that we would not be destroyed For the sins that we commit On a daily basis Continuing on by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his, own, his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to pit the world right again. God sent his only son to get the world right again. Shh. We are, sim- we are simple creatures. And because God loves us unconditionally, because he loves us so much, he sent his only son to get the world right again. They give us a chance to get it right. And continue on, it says, Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe In the one of a kind son of God When introduced to him When we fail to believe in God When we fail to believe in Jesus This is where we fall short of him This is where we When we try to do things in our own right When we are not willing to take a risk When we're not willing to get out of our comfort zone We are not willing to get To do things that are unfamiliar to us This is when we get into a place Of literally It says again Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted Anyone who refuses to trust him Has long since been under the death sentence Without knowing it When you don't trust God When you don't believe that Jesus Christ Is your Lord and Savior You are literally In a death sentence And you don't even know it That right there My God not even knowing that you're in a death sentence. My God. So let's continue on. What I want to get into. A couple of things. One moment. Why my computer X right. I plead the blood of Jesus against it. What I want to get into. Is. Showing examples of what. Of people that were afraid of change and then later we're going to get into examples of people that God changed so three examples for both starting with examples of those that are afraid of change number one I want to start with the young ruler a young ruler and that's coming from the passage Luke chapter 18 verse 18 through 25 hi Martin Luke chapter 18 verse 18 through 25 and I'm reading from the Amplified version in that passage. Luke 18 verse 18 through 25. The rich young ruler, excuse me, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher. You who are essentially and morally good What shall I do to inherit eternal life? That is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom Jesus said to him Why do you call me good? No one is essentially and morally good except God alone You know the commandments Do not commit adultery Do not murder do not steal, do not testify falsely, honor your father and your mother. He replied, I have kept all these things from my youth. When Jesus heard this in verse 22, he says, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and distribute and distribute the um the money to the poor, and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. And come Follow me, becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus looked at him and said, how difficult it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Then for a rich man who places his faith in wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. Wow. <laughs> wow. So this young ruler was so excited. He was like, oh, Jesus is in town and he's healing people left and right. And I want to, you know, follow him. I want to be a disciple. And what can I do Jesus to get into the kingdom of God? and even though he had kept all of these commandments a lot of these commandments it was one thing he was not willing to give up and that was his earthly possessions how many of us are not willing to give up our earthly possessions because we <laughs> because we take so much pride in that and we have so much faith in people we have so much faith in the money we have so much faith in our houses and how many people are not willing to follow Christ because we are not willing to let go of what we have earned on here here on earth? And Jesus said, because of that one thing, because you're not willing. Oh my gosh! And I I I, I really encourage you to listen to um, last week and the week before, obedience versus sacrifice, because. It ties in with this because there are going to be moments where God is going to require you to be obedient, to give up some things, to sacrifice, give up some things for him. To give up some things and not necessarily giving it up to receive things, but giving it up and say, Lord, I trust you. Why? Because, because you have proven yourself to be faithful Because you have proven yourself to be just Because you have proven yourself to be a way maker and a redeemer and a miracle worker But because he had his faith in things He couldn't trust that Jesus was going to provide for him He couldn't trust that Jesus was going to sustain him He couldn't trust that Jesus had him he could not depend on Jesus. Why? Because he was depending on man. He was depending on his earthly treasures. Hmm. And that's then he he was fearful of change because he's like, wait a minute. You want me to give up all of this? How many of us have had to give up a job? Uh, stability. Having a nine to five has stability. But if God is leading you to leave that position and and asking you to trust him how many of us are willing to do that not knowing how you're going to pay your bills not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from not knowing where god is leading you how many people are willing to take that leap of faith And that's why, again, it said in verse 24, it said, Jesus looked at him and said, how how difficult it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who places his faith in wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. Do we know how big a camel is? Like, no, not even trying to be funny. But a camel is huge And Jesus is saying It's easier For a camel to go through An eye of a needle For those that sew It's hard to get A a piece of thread In a needle And Jesus is saying in his word That it's easier for a camel To go through an eye of a needle Than for a man Ugh for a rich man to give up his possessions, my God, who fear of change, my Lord. Another example. We're talking about examples of those afraid of change. Those afraid of change. Number two, a lot of us have heard about this. For those who follow and they read the word of God, we heard about the story of Lot's wife. Lot's wife. And for those, I'm not even going to assume that everybody's heard of it. And this is why God has placed it on my heart with this example. Lot's wife was afraid of change. And we're going to read that in Genesis 19. Genesis 19, verse 12 through 17. And then I'm going to... Move forward and read 23 to 26, and this time I'm going to read from the New International Version. The New International Version, and just to give you a little backstory of this of the story, Lot is was um Abraham's Abraham's nephew. He was Abraham's nephew, and Lot and he took him and his family, and they settled in um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah was whew, imagine Vegas. Anybody who's been in Vegas or know about Vegas and know about the sinful things that happen in Vegas. Sodom and Gomorrah was Vegas and probably times two. That's how bad Sodom and Gomorrah was. Like anything and everything went in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was no restrictions there. And so Lot took him and his, his family and went there. And God, listen, the thing, God doesn't play and he really didn't play in the old testament i am so happy that i am under the covenant because lord have mercy god was not playing with these people back then he was like listen nope (laughs) i'm taking you out i'm taking you out why because you're being disobedient he was taking people out and he was in the business of destroying a land If they did not follow his commandments. So God was in the business. He said no. I'm wiping out Sodom and Gomorrah. Because they are running amok. And they are disgraced disgrace to my name. So he was in a plan of that. But because of the prayers of Abraham. Lot's uncle. He said you know what. Before I destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Before I destroy them. I'm going to make sure. Make sure that Lot and his family. Are free from there. So he sent two of his representatives to make sure that they, they got out of there before they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah so with all of that being said let's read uh starting with what did I say again uh starting with 12 through 17 and then we're going to move on to 23 to 26 and a new international version so the, the two uh two representatives went there to Go get Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah. So starting with verse 12, it says, The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here. Because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against his people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his his sons-in-law Who were pledged to marry his daughters He said hurry and get out this place Because the Lord is about to destroy the city But his sons-in-law thought he was joking (laughs) They thought it was a joke Verse 15 says with the coming of dawn The angels urged Lot saying hurry Take your wife and your two daughters who are here Or you will be swept away when the city is punished When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand in the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. So continuing on in verse 23. It says, by the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt my god the instructions that the two men gave lot and his family was simply don't look back simply don't look back and i use that word simply loosely because that sometimes to be honest it is not easy to not look back when things that, or that you hold dear, hold dear to you You have to leave Why because you're making this sacrifice And why because God is, is calling For you to change God is calling a shift to happen in your life And you are not Willing to let it go You're afraid I mean how many of us If we were in her position She loved those people Even though it was a crazy city And those people My God, they were crazy to be doing those things and knowing what God commanded them to do. That was a familiar place. That was her hometown. That was a place that she loved. She loved the people there. She was familiar with the the lifestyle there. So God is like, and in an instant, she she was asked by God to make a change. That she was not ready for. She did not know it was going to um, be cause for her to take a drastic and radical change. As leaving a city that you uh, were raised in. Uplifting your, your family away from a city that even though it was, it was uh, dysfunctional. But it was still familiar to her. It was still comfortable to her. It wasn't requiring her to take a risk. As we talked about the fear of change so yeah we talk a lot of people talk about how she looked back but how many how many of us can truly say that we have not looked back how many of us can truly say that we didn't have the temptation to tone to turn back to go back to the job to go back to the ex even though god has already freed us from that relationship how many of us can honestly say that we were not tempted to turn back. Listen, and the only reason why a lot of us had not received or uh reap the repercussions of it, why? Because we are under the covenant. Because we are under the covenant, we have the freedom to repent. Because we are under the covenant, we have the freedom to ask God for forgiveness. They didn't have that back then. <laughs> They didn't have it. And yes, God still requires us to follow his instructions. And we do have to, um, what's the word? We do have to suffer some consequences because of our disobedience. But God, oh my God, she has grace. We are under the grace. My God, we are under the grace. They didn't have that grace back then. Why? Because Jesus Christ (laughs) didn't die yet for our sins. They had to make sacrificial lambs, but Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. So we have the freedom to repent. We have the freedom. My God. We have the freedom. So God gave them specific instructions not to look back. And because she was disobedient, because she had a fear of change. And it didn't say, it didn't, oh my gosh. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It didn't say that she that she uh went back. It says she looked back, and it's something significant with that because when you look and when you have your focus on the things of the past, that means that's where your heart is. That's why God say don't look back, because if you look back, if you reminisce about the about the times of of the relationship that you shouldn't have been in that was toxic to you, or if you reminisce about the times of the things of the situation that God freed you from. He frees you from alcoholism. He frees you from drug habits. He frees you from pornography. He frees you from homosexuality. But yet we are still holding on to things. Why? Because we have a fear of change. A fear of change. And if we look back and say I wonder. Oh my gosh. I wonder if I go back. Just looking back. It shows our heart. It shows what's in our heart. That's why God said, don't look back. He said, no, keep your eyes stayed on me. Allow me. The word of God says, I'm a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Allow me to order your steps. Let me be the lamp to your feet. Let me be the light unto your path. There's no need to look back. It's nothing good there. That's why I'm freeing you from that. It's nothing good that's happened in your past. That's why I'm telling you to, to leave it all behind. Because I have greater in store for you. I have bigger. I have better. We still holding on to this little frivolous things. When God says I have more in store. If you just trust me. If you just take a risk. If you just get out of your comfort zone. If you just get from the, um, the familiar places. Trust. Trust me, take this leap of faith. I don't care if you gotta crawl. I don't care if it takes crawling then walking then running Trust God Yes, it's risky Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's unfamiliar But trust me my God God's ways are better than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our. it was different in ours God's ways are higher than ours. It's bigger. It's better greater we have to get out of the mentality of looking back and thinking and it's talking about i think about um the um, the familiar quote that the grass is greener on the other side the grass is greener on the other side And sometimes when we when we Get into things and have to take a risk We're like oh man it was better over there Or if, if God is Requiring for us to do things that Is not in the norm like man Everything was good like you know When I was out there in the world like I didn't Have to you know do all of this I didn't have to um, preach the gospel I didn't have to um, Be used by God and, and, and to walk Into boldness I didn't have to do all of that And being afraid of what people are going to say Because you know He might send you back on those same streets That you grew up in Those same streets That you grew up in You may have been a drug dealer And God frees you from that lifestyle And then God later on Would say you know what I want to use you I want to use you for my glory And I want you to take you Take you back to that same neighborhood And be in light." to them be a light to them and lead them to christ how many us is really going to do it and i'm talking about myself here too there's some things that god has, has has uh let for me to do that i was like uh wait a minute god i'm i wasn't ready for that but we have to trust that god will not leave us or forsake us we have to trust that god is not going to leave us astray That if God is leading us to do something He trusts me He already thought out all the plans It's already been done Finished But it's up for us to trust him So that it can be manifested In the natural My God Glory be to God Continuing on Last example for examples of those Afraid of change Number one was the young ruler Number two is Lot's wife Number three I laugh about this because me and my friends have an insider, and they're going to know exactly who I'm talking about when I say this person. We have an insider about this person. And number three is Jonah. Jonah, he was afraid of change. Jonah was a trip. He was a trip. He was willing to risk everybody else's lives just because he didn't want to obey god just because he didn't want to do what god told him to do, he knew it so let's read that passage yes sissy (laughs) um so let's go to we're going to read jonah chapter one and two in the message bible and trust me just follow with me follow with me i know it's a long passage but it's the reason why god is taking me this way jonah one and two in the message bible And it says running away from God One day long ago God's word came to Jonah Amittai's son Up on your feet and on your way To the big city of Nineveh Preach to them They're in a bad way and I can't ignore it Any longer But Jonah got up and went the other direction To Tarshish (laughs) Running away from God He went down to the port of Joppa And found a ship headed for Tarshish he paid the fare and went on board Joining those going to Tarshish As far away from God as he could get Jonah was like listen I ain't doing that I'm going far away I'm going to Tarshish uh, Forget all of that I'm not going to Nineveh Verse 4 says But God sent a huge storm at sea The waves towering The ship was about to break into pieces. The sailors were terrified. They called out in desperation to their gods. They threw everything they were carrying aboard to lighten the ship. Meanwhile, (laughs) Jonah had gone down into the hold of the ship to take a nap. He was sound asleep. While all this is going on, my God. The captain came to him and said, what's this? Sleeping? Get up. Pray to your God Maybe your God will see we're in trouble And rescue us Then the sailors said to one another Let's get to the bottom of this Let's draw straws to identify The culprit on the ship Who's responsible for this disaster So they drew straws Jonah got the short straw (laughs) Oh my gosh Like God was like listen You trying to run but listen I'm about to expose you right in front of these people He got the short straw. My God. Then it said in verse 8. Then they grilled him. Confess. Why this disaster? What is your work? Where did you come from? What country? What family? He told them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship God. The God of heaven who made sea and land. Verse 10 says, at that, the men were frightened. Really frightened and said, what on earth have you done? As Jonah talked, the sailors realized that he was running away from God. They said to him, what are we going to do with you to get rid of this storm? By this time, the sea was wild, totally out of control. Jonah said, throw me overboard into the sea. Then the storm will stop. It's all my fault. I'm the cause of the storm. Get rid of me and you'll get rid of the storm But no, the men tried rowing back to shore They made they made no headway The storm only got worse and worse Wild and raging Then they prayed to God Oh God, don't let us drown because of this man's life And don't blame us for his death You are God Do what you think is best They took Jonah and threw him overboard Immediately the sea was quieted down they was like listen we getting rid of jonah Because this sea is not letting down and we uh We we can't we can't uh risk Holding him on his boat any longer Verse 16 the sailors were impressed no longer terrified by the sea but in awe of god They worshiped god offered a sacrifice and made vows this wow holy spirit just noticing in this in this passage is that before these people were praying to their gods, not God, they were praying to their gods, asking for change, but nothing was taking place. But soon, uh, soon as they seen that knew that Jonah prayed to the only God, the true living God, and they seen that God was this powerful, they was like, listen. We don't got time to be praying to our gods We got to pray to the true and living God So they turned from their wicked ways And they oh my gosh They turned from their wicked ways And started praying to the true and living God And after and even though Jonah Got thrown overboard And when they seen that now The sea was now calm The sea was now calm they was like, wow. They was in awe of God. They was like, whew. he is the true and living God. They started worshiping God, offered their sacrifice and made vows. My God. Huh. So even in the midst of, of Jonah's disobedience, people still got saved. People still got saved. Even out of his disobedience. Jonah was called to be an evangelist Jonah was called to be an evangelist And even though he was not being obedient God still used Jonah's assignment He still used Jonah's assignment and people still were saved Isn't that powerful? My God, thank you Holy Spirit for that revelation He's people still got saved, even though he was supposed to go to Nineveh. My God, verse 17. Then God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the fish's belly three days and nights. Three days and nights. Something about the number three, but that's a whole nother message. Let's continue on in verse in chapter 2. Of Jonah chapter 2 in a, a message Bible At the bottom of the sea Then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish He prayed In trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God He answered me From the belly of the grave, I cried Help! You heard my cry You threw me into ocean's depths Into a watery grave With ocean waves, ocean breakers crashing over me I said, I've been thrown away Thrown out, out of your sight I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple Ocean gripped me by the throat The ancient abyss grabbed me and held tight My head was all tangled in seaweed at the bottom of the sea where the mountains take root I was as far down as a body can go and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever Yet you pulled me up from that grave alive Oh God my God When my life was slipping away I remembered God And my prayer got through to you Made it all, all the way to your holy temple Those who worship hollow gods God frauds walk away from their only true love But I'm worshiping you God Calling out in thanksgiving And I'll do what I promised i do Salvation belongs to God Then God spoke to the fish And it vomited up Jonah on the seashore. My God. So when Jonah won. Jonah was disobedient to God. Knowing he was supposed to go to Nineveh. But he went to Tarshish. And then after he got thrown overboard. God caused a well to swallow him up. And in that. He had uh, for three days and three nights. Jonah was still tossing and turning with God and wrestling with God On whether or not he was going to truly surrender his life completely to God But even during that time, even though it was a fight Jonah repented Jonah repented He repented God gave Jonah a second chance He gave Jonah a second chance And listen, this is Whew this is where the term favor is not fair. It ain't fair because just like in those first two examples, I talked about the, I talked about the, um, let's go there. I about the young ruler, how he didn't want to leave his possessions. He didn't get favor in it. He didn't want to turn away from that. Lot's wife didn't get favor. She didn't follow instructions. She turned into a pillar of salt. But Jonah <laughs> he disobeyed God, ran away, caused people to be in danger, even after being thrown overboard. Jonah could have drowned. But yet, Jesus, my God, yet God gave him grace. And this was before the covenant. This is before grace. Uh, this is before grace. But yet God still showed favor to Jonah. Favor is not fair. He allowed him to be swallowed up in a well. And not be eaten. It's ponder on that. Like, he was swallowed by a well. And was not eaten. For three days and three nights. He allowed Jonah to get his act together. In that nasty mouth of that well, he repented, and he asked God to forgive him, to give him another chance. And God granted him to his request. Whew! My God, listen. This, I don't know about you, but this is blessing me. That God. Oh my gosh! Even when we make a mistake, even when we turn our back on God, even when. We don't follow his instructions God still gives us another chance why because his love is unconditional and sometimes favor is not fair we're wondering why you know some people have chances and other people don't it's not meant for us to try to understand it in our natural mind God shows other some people favor and he doesn't to others (laughs) <laughs> it's just, I mean, I don't know how else to explain that Favor is not fair So what I want to get into And prayerfully we'll be able to finish it this week If not, we'll continue it um, we'll co- Yes, it's the 72 hours in a fish's belly Whew. Prayerfully we be able to finish it this week If not, we'll continue it next week I want to get into examples of people God changed But so we talked about examples of those afraid of change Now we're going to talk about examples of people God changed. And what I love about these three examples is that these particular people, God not only changed them, but he also changed their name. God not only changed them, but he changed their name. Meaning that he changed their identity. Oh, my God. So number one, we talked about this person a couple of weeks ago. Um, In another um, part of this series Jacob 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 was his name was changed to Israel Jacob's name was changed to Israel So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 32 verse 24 through 28 Genesis 32 verse 24 through 28 And I'm going to be reading from the amplified version with this passage and for those that don't know a little bit about uh, Jacob, is that he was the son of um, Isaac. He was a twin. His brother's name was Esau. And, J- and Jacob, he was a follower. And he was jealous of his, if his brother Esau. His brother Esau was strong. And his brother Esau had favor in his father Isaac's eyes. But he had favor with his mother, uh, Rebecca. He had favor with her. And uh, he was very deceiving. He deceived his, his father Isaac. And blessing him with the birthright. And blessing him with the birthright. And um, uh, that birthright did not belong to him. Because he, even though he was a twin. He was not the firstborn. And so furthermore. Uh, Jacob went on and on. <laughs> running away from his problems. Esau was very angry. He wanted to kill Jacob. For deceiving him. For giving up his birthright. So Jacob. He went on. God still showed him favor. He still was able to to marry uh, Leah. And he wanted Rachel. And furthermore. um, God still showed him favor. But Jacob means means follower it means someone who holds on to someone's heels and when you hold on some someone's heels that means that you are a follower that means that you are constantly um trying to imitate other people and so because of this jacob had a fear a fear of change he had a fear of taking a risk he had a he wanted everything that everybody else had he wanted everything that his, his brother esau had but he was not he was very fearful and he was always running away So during this time He knew Esau was His brother Esau was looking for him So he was afraid that Esau was about to kill him And so In verse 24 Let's read it Jacob wrestles Genesis 32 verse 24 Jacob wrestles So Jacob was left alone And a man came and wrestled with him until daybreak When the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob He touched his hip joint And Jacob's hip was dislocated as he wrestled with him Then he said, let me go for day is breaking But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing on me So he asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob But Israel, for you have struggled with God And with men. And have prevailed. My God Jesus. In my pastor's voice. My God Jesus. This right here. Is a big transformation. Of how even though. Jacob had a long journey. Of turning his back on God. Or running away from his problems. Not facing. He was running away from Esau. Because he was like. Esau going to kill me. So he was running away from his problems, but he remembered the promises of God. He remembered that God told him in Jacob's ladder, the dream dream that he had, that God said that your, your lineage shall be blessed. And even though he still was along the journey of disobeying God, he said, Lord, no, I'm not going to let you go. Listen, if I'm about to be killed by my brother, listen, I'm not letting you go. I wanna receive the blessing. I wanna receive the promises that you said that you were gonna give me. I'm not gonna turn away from my problems no longer. And because, because Jacob proved to God that he was ready, because Jacob proved to God that he was ready for change, because Jacob proved to God that now he was ready to receive the promises. Now he was ready for the name change. Now he was ready for his identity to be changed. God said, I'm gonna change your name. You're no longer going to be called Jacob the deceiver. You're no longer going to be called Jacob the follower. Now I'm calling you Israel. Uh, one who prevails. One who doesn't give up. My God. One who doesn't let down. That's, uh, my God. I don't know about you, my God, but I thank God that he changed my name. I thank God that he restored me. I thank God that he changed my identity. Many people can look at me and and, and wouldn't even know my story. Wouldn't even to know that I, that I struggled with alcohol. Many people didn't know that I struggled with pornography. Many people wouldn't have known that if you just look at me. Why? Because God covered me and I'm not afraid to share some of those things. Why? Because I'm delivered from that. And my testimony is able to help other people But God restored Jacob He gave him a new name He gave him a new name Jacob to Israel Jacob to Israel My God Let's continue on Another person, two more people that I have here Examples of people God changed not only changed them, but changed their name. Simon, who is also known as Peter, huh. one of my favorite favorite disciples. Why? Because Peter was, uh, he was fearless. <laughs> he was fearless. He was listen. He was one of those ones that you want around you. Like if somebody's coming for you, and you like, all right, I gotta fight. He was that friend that you would call. That was Peter, hands down. Not afraid to stand up for Jesus. Not afraid. Listen, Peter was not afraid to fight. But before that, his name was Simon. His name was Simon. So let's go to John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42. John, excuse me. John chapter 1, verse 40 through 42. And I'm reading from the Message Bible. The Message Bible. And during this time, this is when uh, Jesus was first um, came on the scene, and he he started building. Uh, people started following as disciples, and. This was after John the Baptist had baptized Jesus and people started seeing him seeing um, the greatness of Jesus And they started wanting to follow him disciples means a follower of Christ So in verse 40 says Andrew Simon Peter's brother Was one of the two who heard John's witness and followed Jesus The first thing he did after finding where Jesus lived was find his own brother Simon telling him, we found the Messiah, that is Christ. He immediately led him to Jesus. Jesus took one look up and said, you're John's son, Simon. From now on, your name is Cephas or Peter, which means rock. My God. So Jesus changed, changed Simon's name To Peter, which means rock We think about a rock We think about, okay Somebody that you could depend on Somebody who's solid Somebody who's, uh, is is steadfast Somebody who is, uh, has strength A rock is strong A rock, oh my God Thank you, Holy Spirit A rock is strong A rock is, is, um Oh my God, you can depend on it Because Jesus is the solid rock We can depend on Jesus we can trust Jesus. So the fact that uh, that Jesus changed Simon's name to rock said a lot about Peter. Said a lot. It said a lot about his identity. And even though Peter struggled with his anger issues, that's a whole nother thing. He was imperfectly perfect as we all are. But Jesus said, I'm going to call you rock. I'm going to call you rock. Because you're strong. You're dependable. Huh. My God. Last example. Last example. Examples of people God changed. We talked about Jacob to Israel. Number two. We talked about Simon to Peter. And number three. Saul to Paul. Saul to Paul. And, and just a disclaimer. About this is that. The difference between because it's not really proved, and not unless somebody can prove me wrong, it's not really proved that um, that Paul's name was actually changed from Saul. It just it's just like okay, my name is Trainee, but my nickname is Trey. So Paul was uh, called Saul or Paul. It was just like a you know whichever name you wanted to choose to call him. But what I love, what I loved about Paul is oh my gosh. He is like one of the ultimate transformations He went from a Christian slayer To a uh, to saving people And causing people to convert to Christianity He went from slaying Christians To leading Christians My God, how you go from murdering Christians To leading Christians To the body of Christ To leading them Letting them know about the gospel of Jesus Christ So we're going to read that we're going to read Acts chapter 9 verse 1 through 19 Acts chapter 9 1 through 19 in the Message Bible And then I'm going to show you uh, 13 verse 9 So let's read that Acts 9 verse 1 through 9 In the Message Bible The blinding of Saul All this time Saul was breathing down the necks of the master disciples, out for the kill. He went to the chief priests in gold and got arrest warrants to take to the meeting places in Damascus so that if he found anyone there belonging to the way, whether men or women, he could arrest them and bring them to Jerusalem. He set off. When he got to the outskirts of Damascus, he was suddenly dazed by a blinding flash of light. As he fell to the ground, he heard a voice. Saul, Saul, why are you out to get me? He said, who are you, master? I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down. I want you to get up and enter the city. In the city, you'll be told what to do next. His companions stood there dumbstruck. They could hear the sound but couldn't see anyone. While Saul picking himself up off the ground Found himself stone blind My God They had taken him by the hand And led him into Damascus He continued blind for three days There go that number three again Wow my God It's something about transformation In the number three That's a whole nother A whole nother uh, message But I just keep seeing this number three In all of these examples And then continued blind for three days He ate nothing, drank nothing There was a disciple in Damascus by the name of Ananias The master spoke to him in a vision Ananias Yes master, he answered Get up and go over to Straight Avenue Ask at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus His name is Saul He's there praying He has just had a dream in which he saw a man named Ananias Enter the house and lay hands on him so he could see again Ananias protested Master, you can't be serious Everybody's talking about this man and the terrible things he's been doing His reign of terror against your people in Jerusalem And now he's shown up here with papers from the chief priests That give him a license to do the same to us But the master said don't argue, go I have picked him as my personal representative to non-Jews And kings and Jews And now I'm about to show him what he's in for For the hard suffering that goes with Job, with job Excuse me. So Ananias went and found the house Placed his hands on blind Saul And said, brother Saul The master sent me The same Jesus you saw on your way here he sent me so, so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. My God. No sooner were the words out of his mouth than something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got to his feet, was baptized, and sat down with them to a hearty meal. Wow. 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 <laughs> He went from slaying Christians to being baptized and being filled with the Holy Spirit, my God. And then later on, if you read the word of God, take time to read the book of Acts. Take time to read the book of Acts and you and even Romans and you'll be able to see how God uses um, Paul mightily as an apostle as an apostle and leading others to Christ and teaching others how to to be apostles, teaching others how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Leading others to be saved. So you see my God, how God can change your life. He can turn it around. We all have imperfections. We all have a past. And yeah, a lot of us may feel unqualified, but again, there is is nothing that can unqualify us. us. Our past cannot unqualify us. So I want to encourage you that it's, it's no excuses that we can make of why we are not. Why we are not following God. Why we are not allowing God to use us yeah we may not have the education yeah we might not have the finances yeah we might not have the status yeah we might not look a certain way that does not matter yeah we might not can write we might can't dance we might don't uh, don't know how, uh know how to write a business plan all of that doesn't matter why because if god is leading you to do something Is God is leading you to change? Is God is leading you to go to a new place in him? Trust me. God thought about all of that. But we have to put our trust in him. We have to know that God is leading us to change. That God will be a lamp unto our feet. And a light unto our path. He will order our steps. But we have to depend on him. But if we keep trusting in man if we keep trusting in our possessions if we keep having faith in our earthly things and allowing fear to cripple us we will find ourselves at the same place in a place of being stuck and no progress Not reaching anywhere wondering why we are still at the same position why we are still making the same money Why because we can't be successful without Jesus People are like oh where there's a Beyonce and there's Jay-Z and all these celebrities That's not uh, Thank you, Holy Spirit That's not what God looks at as success Success is not being famous. Success is fulfilling God's purpose for your life. That's what success is. Yeah, you see people and you see and you have these idols and people that don't follow Christ. That's not success. Success is following what God has instructed you to do. Success is having the, 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 the feeling and having the satisfaction that I am fulfilling the work of God. Of knowing that I'm following God. And knowing that I took a risk. And even though it doesn't make sense to my natural mind. God I know that you led me this way. God you gave me the confirmation. God you are, are instructing me. And as I'm following God, I start seeing things being manifested. I start seeing him opening doors. I start seeing how he's sustaining me. I start seeing how he's prepaid my bills, even though I'm unemployed. I start seeing how he's downloading unto me fresh insight and revelation to be an author. This is my testimony. What has he done for you? In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of racial injustice, what has God done for you? Why? Because you trusted him. Why? Because you took a leap, leap of faith. Why? Because you stood and you did not allow yourself to be easily dismayed. So you did not allow yourself to turn away from the things of God because it was unfamiliar, because it was risky, because it was uncomfortable. All of those things but yet you took a leap of faith Yet you said God I trust you You're causing change to take place In my life And I know it's going to be for the greater good for me Why? Because God you uh, You want what's best for me You want what's best for me You have greater in store For me You have greater in store For me Thank you cousin I love you You have greater in store for me This is what God wants. I know it's scary. I know it's unfamiliar. I know it's risky. But trust me, from experience, huh? from experience, it is better for you to follow God than for you to turn and look back at your past as it is better than your future. It's so much uh, it's so much better, yeah, you might have to take a pay cut, you might have to take a pay cut, but listen, God may have had you to turn away from that job because it wasn't giving you peace, and even though you were making a lot, you were stressed out, <laughs> you were worried. You didn't have a peace of mind so god said you know what you might have to take a pay cut but you're going to be happier in this position you want to feel a sense of fulfillment why because you are doing what i created you to do that's greater and listen trust me god is in control I said all of this to say trust God keep the faith it may require you to take a risk but if God is leading you to do it then be obedient if God is leading you to do it follow him you may not know where he's going you may it may be unknown to you but if you keep following him sooner or later you will see exactly why he led you this direction. And trust me, it is for your good. It is for your good to fulfill God's purpose for your life. My God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you. God, I thank you, God, for everybody that is watching right now, God, and may be listening right now, Father. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would touch us. Touch them, God, in a mighty way, God. Many of us, God, have had a fear of change. We have had a fear of change, God. Things That have taken place in our, in our lives God we may have struggled in our finances We may have struggled with rejection We may have struggled with abandonment So it's caused us Father God to Have a fear of change It's caused us God to, to have a fear God to take risks But Holy Spirit I ask God You will touch our hearts Cause our minds to be, re- be renewed Cause us Father God to not look Unto the things of this world Cause us God to not look unto man Cause us not to be our trust God Into worldly worldly possessions But Holy Spirit, I ask that you will cause us, Father God, to at least have faith. To at least have faith as small as a mustard seed. If we just have faith as small as a mustard seed, Father God, I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are are moving mountains, Father God, out of the way. You're moving mountains, God, of depression. You're moving mountains, God, of poverty. You're moving mountains out of the way, Father. Holy Spirit I come against everything that is blocking us, God, from fulfilling your will. I come against everything, God, is causing us, our mental state, God. I pray over our minds, God, everything, every negative thought that the enemy has planted in our minds, God, to convince us, Father God, to not fulfill your work, to convince us, God, to stay at a place of being stuck, to stay at a a place of being complacent. Father God, I bind it in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that you remove everything that is not like you out of the way, regardless of whether or not it may be a relation it may be a friendship it may be father God is causing us to have to take a leap of faith of moving and re- relocating God to another city or another state father whatever it is that we have to do God give us the strength to do it God give us God, the strength God to push forward give us the strength that father God to trust you God to take that leap of faith to walk the father God that narrow path God holy spirit because god if you're leading us the direction that father god you have our best interest at heart god you know what tomorrow brings you know what our future holds so father god i thank you i thank you father i thank you father god that as we take that leap of faith god i thank you god for the favor that god that you will show us i thank you father god the blessings that you would give us father god because we took that leap of faith because, God, we said, God, I don't know where this is going. I don't know where you're leading me, God, but I trust you. Why? Because you've been faithful. Why, God? Because you've been loyal. Why, God? Because you're a miracle worker. Why, God? Because you're a promise keeper. Why, God? Because you're a healer. Why, God? Because you are a deliverer, God. Because of you, Father God. I have life and I have it So, Father God, whatever it is you want me to do, God, I will do it. Because if it wasn't for you, God, I wouldn't have life. I wouldn't have breath in my body, God. So I trust you with my life. I surrender my life unto you, God. Whatever it is that you want me to do, God. Let that be our our commitment. Let uh, let that be our, our stance, Father. That we trust you with our whole hearts. That we trust you with everything that is in us, oh God. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're lifting us up. We thank you, God, that you're helping us along the way. Thank you, Father God, that starting today, God, we will not look back. Starting today, Father God, we will look ahead. Starting today, Father God, we will trust you that we will have uncommon faith, that we have crazy faith, that we have the God of faith, yeah, that's even bigger than the mustard seed, God, and cause us, God, to be so engrossed in your word that God, that our prayer life will increase, Father God, that in moments, God, where the enemy tries to come in like a flood, to cause us, Father God, to doubt you, to cause us, God, to be tempted, to turn back, God, to our wicked ways, to turn back to our old lifestyle, Father God. I thank Thank you Holy Spirit, that we will use the Word of God that is branded on our hearts, Father God, that the enemy is a there's a foot he is under our feet there's no reason that we should fear there's no reason why we should doubt Father God causes Father God to stand and remain steadfast and immovable on your word and on your promises, Father because you are a promises keeper promise keeper. You are a promise keeper. You're not a man that you can ever lie. So Holy Spirit we thank you for keeping us. We thank you God for covering us. We thank you God for strengthening us God. We thank you God for every open door. In the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you God for the open door Father God. It's taking place God. As we follow you. As we are led by you Father. We thank you God. It's giving us the courage. The courage God to walk through that door. Even though it's not. And even though it's not known to us, we thank you. We trust you, Father, with everything that's in us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you were encouraged this evening. I want to make sure that I offer the call of salvation for those that don't know Christ. And, and after this podcast, you realize that you need Jesus. And this is your moment. It's not too late. If you still have breath in your body, it's not too late to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I'm a living witness Uh, that accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior is the best decision that I could have ever made, that I ever made in my life. There's peace. There's joy. Uh, He's my provider. He's my way maker. He's my redeemer. He's my rock. He's my helper. He's my father. He's my friend. In the same way, he's that all of that to me. can be the same for you if you let Jesus into your life and it's as simple as saying this prayer right with me say Lord Jesus I realize I'm a sinner I realize Jesus I need you in my life I need you in my life I believe in my heart I confess in my mouth that you died on the cross for my sins thank you Jesus for dying on the cross for me thank you Jesus for making sure that I have eternal life Wash me, make me whole Renew my mind I commit myself to serving you for the rest of my life In Jesus name, amen We say that prayer, welcome to the body of Christ Welcome to the body of Christ is the best decision that you ever made Guess what, this is the start of your new life You are now a new creature Your name has been changed Your name has been changed Hey, Glory You are now a son or daughter of the most high God. Ah, You're now a son of the most high God or daughter of the most high. Your name has been changed. And for those of you that strayed away from God and you realize that, oh my gosh, that you may have been like Jonah. And you turned your back on God You were disobedient He told you to go one way And you turned your back And you found yourself in some, into some situations That you didn't know you were going to get into Because you disobeyed God But just like Jonah Even though he disobeyed God Even though he turned his back on God God gave him another chance to get it right He gave him another chance to get it right And Jonah repented. He repented to God. He prayed unto God and he asked God for forgiveness. And God forgave him. And he used Jonah for his glory. So the same way he used Jonah. The same way he forgived him. God said he will do the same for you. If you repent. And if you re- rededicate your life back to Jesus. So if you are ready to make that change. If you are ready for that transformation in your life. It's not, huh? it's not the end. It's not too late. I encourage you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord God, I realize that I turned my back on you. I realize that I made a mistake. And Jesus, I am ready to come back. I'm ready to rededicate my life back to you. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me. Forgive me of turning my back forgive me of straying away thank you Jesus for giving me another chance I believe that you died on the cross of my sins God you prove it to me that you are faithful you prove it to me Jesus that you are my savior so Jesus thank you for giving me another chance I commit myself to you and I surrender and I will serve you for the rest of my life In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome back into the body of Christ. This is a new day, a new day, a fresh start. Move forward. Forgive yourself. Why? Because Jesus has already forgiven you. I love you. I pray that you were encouraged. Continue, continue to pray. Continue to not let down. I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy. But it's important that you don't give up. And continue to look forward. Because trust me, God has greater in store for you. So until next time on a perfectly perfect live, I will see you guys next week next week. Love you. Bye.